As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC football podcast. We are still here. There's only one college football game left in the season, but we will still be here uh, every weekday. And it's Monday, which means I'm your host, David Ubbin, here with my co-host, as always, the Athletics senior writer, our national college football writer, Andy Staples. Andy, um, Bama, Ohio State is not the game that we were expecting. It's not uh, Bama Clemson part uh, 15. Ohio State was the most controversial inclusion of the playoff, but they acquitted themselves. We're never going to hear about that again. I'm fascinated by this game because, you know, I'm fascinated by the line of scrimmage. College football has changed. You know, there's a lot of offense everywhere now. It's not just in a couple leagues. And that will be the case in this game, but this game's going to be decided up front. Clemson's sort of unproven line against the ACC Cream Puffs, uh, winless in the bowl season. They got bullied. We hadn't really seen them get tested, and in their first major test, they they failed. They're not going to bully. Or Ohio State's not going to bully Bama, but they could win that battle up front. What do you make of this matchup? I'm I'm fascinated by it. First team to seventy wins. I, I mean, it, honestly, <laughs> it's here's the thing. The, the thing that makes this interesting is both these teams have good enough defenses to get a couple stops, which is mm-hmm. what you saw with Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State won that Clemson game because it got three stops in the second quarter, and Clemson couldn't get any. And if you look at that game, it was a 21-point margin. They won 21 nothing in the second quarter. And that's really where most of their stops came. So it's, it's going to come down to who can, who can get more stops, which is a very simplistic way of putting it. But, I mean, look at these, these offenses. I mean, Alabama has not been stopped by anybody all year. Ohio State has been stopped by teams. But what we saw the other night looked unstoppable so and and I think some of it is Clemson's defense was not as as great as advertised but Alabama's defense is not all that great either I mean we've seen Alabama give up 49 to Ole Miss we've seen them give up what 46 to Florida and you can say Mm -hmm. okay well Florida had a, a great offense with incredible playmakers and a Heisman candidate quarterback well guess what Ohio State has (laughs) yeah do you think I'm sort of torn on this because we've seen this game before, Alabama-Ohio State. It's still one of the three, 
But Clemson has been in slightly more rarefied air than Ohio State the last four or five years. Do you think it matters, one, that we're, we're getting Bama-Ohio State a game we haven't seen as often as Alabama-Clemson? And, of course, you know, you talk about college football becoming more of a regional sport. Ohio State's not on the West Coast, but they're not in the South either. Do you think that is going to matter for the sport? Does it help? Uh, it, it probably helps interest in Big Ten country, I would think. Sure. But, you know, you don't look at Ohio State like you would look at a Pac-12 team playing against Alabama. Yeah. Ohio State, from a talent standpoint, is very similar to Alabama. In fact, in t- if you, I did a, a study because I was looking at stuff regarding Texas. I was trying to figure out, you know, where does Texas fall short in terms of evaluation and and development and all that stuff. And so I was comparing Texas to Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson. And it's pretty interesting in terms of draft picks produced and where they get picked. Ohio State is the most like Alabama. Nobody's like Alabama, but Ohio mm-hmm. State is the most like Alabama and actually more like Alabama than Clemson. Uh, here's here's your numbers. So this is this is draft picks between 2010 and 2020. So Alabama has produced 92 draft picks in that period, and the median draft position is is number 53. Like that is far and away better than everyone. Ohio State is second though. 72 players drafted, 75.5 median draft position. Now, here's Clemson. 60 players drafted, 108.5 medium dra- median draft position. So, Ohio State has had probably the better talent. Clemson has been able to beat Ohio State when they've played. And Ohio State has had the, you know, in the tail end of the Urban Meyer era, they had the weird losses. You had the loss to Iowa and the loss to Purdue. But... You haven't seen that under Ryan Day. So I, I do think this is probably the the best matchup Alabama could have gotten in terms of who can compete with these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a great game uh, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, again, it's going to be fun. Two great quarterbacks, two great offenses. Uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned this this season. These games are just fantastic to watch. Uh, I wouldn't say Alabama and Notre Dame necessarily qualified, but Clemson Ohio State did where – they're just playing a different sport than everyone else. And, you know, they're hitting, hitting uh, the athletes, the throws you're going to see. Uh, it's just uh, some of those throws that, that Justin Fields was uncorking with, uh, you know, uh, a TBD rib injury that was yes. a miraculously not X-rated at halftime. <laughs> which, is, which is something else that, that will, I think, affect this game. You know, I, this is yeah, not going to be a full-strength so. Justin Fields either. And, and I think that that's something Alabama – might be able to take advantage of. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you are not subscribed to the show, you should change that. Uh, you can deliver, get this show delivered to whatever device you want from whatever podcast purveyor you choose um, if you subscribe. Uh, and also, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you should change that, too. It's very easy. Go to theathletic.com slash grits. You can get access to Andy's writing, my writing, all of our staff, our, our college football team. We're like 40 strong, something like that. Uh, we've got a lot of folks on our team. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a writer for them, but I also read 
our college football coverage quite a bit. Uh, and there I'm are afraid. no oversigning rules. Yes, in sports that's media. true. Yes, exactly. Uh, throwing it back to uh, you know early 2010s uh, uh, SEC country. Uh, Andy, there is there trouble in paradise, and by paradise I mean your native land of Gainesville, Florida. You sort of see at this point, you know, there's only two FBS openings, Marshall and Boise. Mm -hmm. I think that number is going to grow uh, in the near future. But there are five five or six in the NFL, depending on who you're listening to, or depending on when you're listening, sorry. Uh, What do you make of the conversation? Dan Mullen... Apparently, uh, in the mix for some of these NFL jobs, apparently, uh, you know, interested in some of those NFL jobs. Where, where, if you're a Florida fan, what do you make of of that conversation? I think it's you know when I saw it yesterday because because Adam Schefter dropped it in in one of those you know thirty second. Here's what's going to happen today. Here's what to expect, and you know here's who the Chiefs are going to throw to. And oh, by the way, Dan Mullen wants to go coach in the NFL, and. So that looks to me like a, a, a little bit of a plant. A Here's my agent, uh, who is Jimmy Sexton, by the way, uh, saying, you know, hey, Dan might be thinking about doing something else. Uh, you guys need to let him know how valuable he is to you at the University of Florida. And that was my initial thought. And talk to some people. I, I don't know if that's necessarily what that was. I don't know if this is a complete bluff. Uh, it sounds like Dan Mullen did not enjoy the uh, the Cotton Bowl experience, did not enjoy the opt-out experience, and and does not necessarily like what is coming in college football, and, and that's where players have a lot more agency than they've had before. So he's got to decide what he wants to do, and now I don't know that there's an NFL team that's going to hire him. I mean, uh, you got the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 that that'll be the last team that any – current NFL person who has a chance to get a head coaching job, that would be the last job they'd take. Any, if, you, if you're an NFL person who has any other options, you're not taking the Jets. And so mm-hmm. maybe that one would I, but, but I would have a hard time trying to see the Texans or the Falcons or one of those teams doing it, maybe the Lions. Um, the only other scenario I could see is you've got the Jaguars and, and Urban Meyer potentially considering the Jaguars, and maybe if Urban Meyer decided he didn't want to do it, that he just wanted to stay retired – He'd say, hey, but go hire Dan Mullen. I know he's great with quarterbacks. He'd be fantastic with Trevor Lawrence. I can see something like that happening. But it, it I just don't know that he gets an NFL job. And then that's where it becomes interesting because I'm not sure Florida's all that keen on giving him a bunch more money right now. You know, if mm-hmm. that if that's if this is a leverage play, I'm not sure it's gonna work. Cause they may say, well, you know what? It's it's a pandemic. Uh, yeah, you've been good, but we pay you $6 million a year. That was why we paid you $6 million a year. Uh, you've met expectations to this point, but you haven't exceeded them. So that's that's the thing that that is going to be pretty interesting going forward. And, and the expectations are another story because here's my question to you, David. Did he look out on that field in the Cotton Bowl and go, hmm, I'm not sure we can beat Georgia and LSU next year with this? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a huge Emory Jones guy, I suppose, but I think I think he'll be uh, fine. That that part we'll I'm not see. worried about. We'll see. I I uh, you know I I think you may have a point there, but I think when when you know when you were talking, two things stood out to me. One, 
if you're if the whole player agency thing you know, you you're, you're you're sort of pining for more control i'm not sure going to the nfl, <laughs> the NFL is, is not, a great way is a least, great way to fix that i, I think in the nfl i think in the nfl at least the rules of engagement are more clear the rules of yeah, engagement in college football true. are not going to be clear for like 10 um, years where you're not going to get caught point. by because surprise it, because I suppose. everything's changing so quickly yeah yeah so maybe that's true but i think the flip side of that is if you're florida and this gets real real mm-hmm. do you do you have to call the bluff maybe or do you you know go all in do you think, say we can still be okay I, I think you call the you bluff think? because there's yeah there's well, but if you're but if you're sitting the there and you're going good. in a coach if you're in a, stuck in a coaching search I I don't know that I I don't know that I if I'm Florida Florida's a great job they're gonna be able to get a great coach probably that would probably work out but I don't know that I like rolling the dice and saying we can do better than Dan Mullen but the problem I, I'm not is sure if you got I a guy who doesn't want to be there you don't go all in. Yeah, on I suppose, but I think that that can ebb and flow. I think maybe you can come off of that really negative Cotton Bowl experience and feel maybe you feel differently in six months. I I don't know. This is it's really weird, and I, I've been thinking about this too because it's not just Dan Mullen. This happened to Jim McElwain too, where he mm-hmm. sort of talked his way out of it. And you know the the thing that that really killed Jim McElwain. Everybody thinks it's the the death threats deal. That was the final straw. What really set everybody at Florida off, and I'm not talking about the fans. I'm talking about the administration. Was when McElwain publicly questioned their commitment to football in his press conference after beating Iowa in the Outback Bowl. And and here's you know Scott Strickland's the AD and and all the other folks in the athletic department who by the way have at that point just given McElwain an extension that they haven't announced yet. And they're mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing here? And and so I think Mullen's recent performances in, in press conferences and, and the way he's handled the loss to LSU and the loss to, to Oklahoma, it doesn't sit well. You know, first of all, the LSU game is completely on Dan Mullen. They didn't take it yes. seriously enough, and they didn't and they lost. The the Cotton Bowl, yes, you can you can talk about how Everybody left, and, and it was a different deal. But Ole Miss had a bunch of people out, and they were competitive. They won their bowl game. You know, North Carolina had all of their playmakers gone. They were handing off to a guy named British, and they still <laughs> still were in the game with five minutes to go against Texas I'm A&M. pretty sure British Brooks was fresh off of the uh, WCW circuit. That's exactly certain. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, but, but North Carolina is still in the game against Texas A&M with five minutes left. So... Mm-hmm. You can't make that excuse. You just can't. You still did have a Heisman, uh, you know, contender quarterback last I checked. And so. oh, by the way, you're supposed to have been recruiting guys who can beat Big Twelve teams because yeah. they have to beat the good SEC teams next year. So they better be good. <laughs> yeah, I I think I, you know, I think I I I understand where Florida's coming from, but if I'm in that chair, I'm not sure that I want to make that gamble. If you're going to actually let him walk, I, I think I'm fighting to keep Dan Mullen. Maybe that's I, foolish, but I that I don't fight. I, I don't. I, I tell you, him. I tell him. There are too him, many good coaches six, that, that don't work out. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not sure he's going to work out if he's if he's feeling like this right now. So I'd say, yeah. enjoy your six million a year. We pay you to do a job. You're doing it. If you if you do more than what you're doing, we'll pay you more. But if you don't. Okay, you still get six million a year, and if you get an NFL job, okay, good luck. 
That that that's what I'd say. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give him more money. Put put the school on the hook for more because again, if we're talking trajectory, what did you see in that Cotton Bowl that gives you confidence that they can win the SEC East again next year? It's a fair point, and I think we're going to see peak Georgia with JT Daniels. So they got they, they got a guy, they got a guy now. Yeah, uh, so, so you may that, be right about that. That that's that's why I would call the bluff. If this were honestly, if this were four weeks ago, I'd be like. Here you go. What do you want? <laughs> you know, here's some, here's some money. But yeah, now I don't think he's in a real strong position. Yeah. Well, that's going to be fascinating to watch. We will see. Um, elsewhere in the SEC, the SEC goes six and two. All six wins over top twenty five opponents in bowl season. Ole Miss at four and five beats one of the best stories of the season. Indiana, the nation's number eleven team. You have three and seven Mississippi State beating a pretty good Tulsa team. But who won the when fight? The, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Mike Leach at the microphone probably did not win that fight post game. Even though I was, you know, entertained uh, by the laissez faire attitude, probably not the right move if you're actually on the hook for what well, your team it, does. If if he knew that that his players were going to be breaking it down telestrator style in the locker room. That was the <laughs> yeah, that was, see, that's where the that's real stupidity great. came in. When the players yeah. are like, oh look I'm at this, torn. look what I did here. Yeah, I'm torn because cards on the table that was hilarious but also not a great look for the sport especially the program i mean if you're in charge of the program you can't you know you, you got to come on stronger than that especially like you said the the breaking it down in the locker room was not, that's not a good look even if it was from the outside looking in kind of hilarious but it's 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 the the, the one guy i think you just toss right now just to make a point is the dude who was in sweatpants and his jersey who Watches his teammates beat on this Tulsa guy. Like 10 different teammates beat on the same Tulsa guy. Mm-hmm. And then the guy in the sweatpants comes in to try to get his, and the Tulsa guy just jacks him up. <laughs> like, kick yeah. that guy off the team right now. Just, you're done. <laughs> yeah. But they did get a victory. <laughs> so, what do you make of the SEC's bowl season? Um, brawls aside, impressed? SEC beating its chest a little too hard. What what did, what did you make of their performance? It's funny because I had I had somebody complain about us saying that that we could you know do the the whose conference is better stuff based on bowl results and say well isn't this bad data because so many guys are going to be out I'm like it's terrible data it's a stupid argument anyway the the NFL draft solves this argument every year you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about the the bowl results or anything else. We know who has the best players. The NFL draft tells us every single year. So it's not really even an argument. And But I wonder, because I, I would imagine those same people who were saying it was going to be bad data think it's pretty good data right now. So mm-hmm. look, it just this is just how it worked out. And, you know, you can say, well, Florida looked unprepared and, and not good. But I would say that most of the SEC programs took their bowls seriously and did a good job. And... Like Ole Miss, I'm I'm really intrigued by Ole Miss next year because if yeah. you can beat that Indiana team with what they had, with no no Elijah Moore, no Kenny Aboa, I got a good feeling about you. I think I think you might be pretty good. Yeah, I think Ole Miss was the team that that impressed me the most. Uh, you know, Indiana, of course, no Michael Penix. 
But that was a great performance by the the defense is what stood out to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they blew that lead. They didn't look great in the second half. But three points in the first half. Listen, if Ole Miss next year is holding opponents to three points in the first half, they're going to win a lot of games. Well, yeah. They're going to win a lot of games. I mean, Ole Miss hung with Alabama this year. Indiana mm-hmm. hung with Ohio State this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a telling thing for Ole Miss, I think. I, I, I really do think this bodes well for Ole Miss. And I know Lane was worried about – the recruiting situation and and he's you know he's in a, a deal where he's still never going to have met most of their 2022 recruits and uh that finally maybe start getting to do that over this summer but I, I think he's he's done a really good job there so far yeah and i think too andy i'm curious your take you know we see lane kiffin get an extension and a raise uh very early in the morning don't go to auburn <laughs> that's well it felt I'm like assuming that's auburn, what that was but my question to you is, do we think Texas made a phone call? Texas makes a hire question. shortly after. Because if did, I'm connecting the dots, I'm wondering. They did hire a former uh, former USC head coach, former Alabama offensive yeah. coordinator. So I, I think maybe may there's, a, there's a real good chance of that. And look, Lane, Lane's name being in the mix for Auburn, and you know the psychological scars at Ole Miss when it comes to losing a coach to Auburn. Uh, we have uh, Tommy yes. Tuberville in the Pine Box. Pine Box Nation. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that probably did inspire them. But also I think the job lane did probably inspired them as well because, you know, they know what roster he took over. They know what it looked like. And, and yeah, there were playmakers on offense. But that team could have been – could have had a really bad year. And nobody would have said anything because it would have been a whole year zero thing and new coach mm-hmm. and everything else. But I, I think – the, the trajectory they're on looks promising. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to suddenly be able to beat Alabama and and LSU and you know Auburn and all and, and win the West. But I think they're going to be a very fun team to watch and a team that that can potentially compete for New Year's Six bowls. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Best individual performance of bowl season. Andy, I think we could just do the best individual performance of the season. Mr. Devontae Smith, three yes. touchdowns, 130 yards. I mean, he d- he does it every week. He is who he is, uh, and Notre Dame couldn't really stop him, and I don't think Alabama was force-feeding him the ball quite as much um, as we've seen at times. Um, they did avoid – Notre Dame did avoid the knockout punch, the, the 80-yard bomb that just – deflates the entire sideline they they made Alabama earn it they hit a couple big plays but we've seen Alabama do that to a lot of people they weren't able to do that to Notre Dame but still Devontae the best uh individual performance that I saw I think he may have a big week this week uh as well Andy. <laughs> yeah I, I do too and I and, and that's pretty amazing when you think about it because Desmond Howard was the last receiver to win the, the Heisman and that was 1991 that was a different sport mm-hmm. now I do wonder the way the game has changed is it going to be more likely that we get, we see receivers get into the mix? Um, or does it have to be something special like this? So, without getting too detailed, because the Heisman Trust frowns strongly right. upon... Maybe we can talk about this more in detail later. But I'll say that looking around at the quarterback spot, I, think, I don't think that we're going to see this more often. Because I think, as I looked around... The only quarterback that was in the Heisman mix that I felt like was the best player on his team was Justin Fields. And I thought that before the bowl season, and he obviously proved that 
in the in the Sugar Bowl. I don't believe Mac Jones is the best player on his team. I don't believe Kyle Trask is the best player on his team. And I think that's an exception in a lot of cases. Um, a lot of times that is the case. I mean, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, those guys were the best guys on their team by a wide margin. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that play out in the NFL. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think this is just a one-off. Maybe I'm wrong. I also don't fully trust the Heisman electorate. <laughs> Uh, That's who is true. They, large they, and don't they always just pay go attention? Quarterback heavy, and well, and, and yeah. I have a. That's the thing. Like we're, we're talking about this last year, we, there was nothing to talk about. We knew Joe Burrow was going to win. I I really don't know how it shakes out because I don't know how those that that middle six hundred Heisman voters who, yeah, I don't know how much they watch, and you know, I do think there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence is is number two on a ton of ballots, and you know. He could be like number two on ninety percent of the ballots, and then the the number ones get split so much that that he wins. Like I could see Possible. a scenario where that happens, but this is like, unpredictable. Yeah, I feel like Devonte Smith, as the season went on, because you know it was Mac Jones, Mac Jones, and then as you're watching it, Alabama more and more, you realize just how much Devonte Smith is doing, and it's like okay, this I get this. But then you know in the SEC championship game, which was the last game they played before they could. You could vote for the Heisman. Najee Harris had a great game. Now he didn't wind up in the in the finalist group, but I bet he's on uh, quite a few ballots. So it, it will be interesting to see how much that that vote got split up. Mm-hmm. Well, I know he's on at least one ballot. <laughs> uh, Andy, what uh, you know? We we talked a little bit about Florida. What did you make of the Dan Mullen post game comments? You know about sort of he didn't say spring game but he did say our 2020 team the last time they were together was in the SEC championship so, all those things are are you cool with it here's a little free public relations advice say that 3 days before the game and you're managing expectations say it immediately after the game and you're whining i think you're right so i think you're right i mean what they should have done as soon as they found out those guys weren't playing don't don't wait for them to announce it on twitter i know everybody's like well we got to give them their moment no you don't have to give them their moment Give Pitts his moment. The rest of the guy, like, Kadarius Tony did not make a good financial decision by skipping that game. He could have made more money by scoring three touchdowns against Oklahoma. Trevon Grimes did not make a good financial decision by skipping that game. So those guys, don't worry about what the, their feelings. You go, hey, we don't have these guys. They're not here. We may have an issue. And you say that before the game because then you're just managing the expectations. But yeah. the, way he, the way he went at it is – Wow, we got beat by, you know, eighty points. Well, yeah, you did, and don't don't act like it was a spring game now that you've lost by that much. If you'd have done it before, we'd be like, oh, well, that's what we expected. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think anyone paying attention probably did expect that, but I think a lot of fans didn't. And and like you said, there were a lot of opt outs in a lot of other schools, and not everyone laid an egg like Florida did. Right. Not a good look for them. A rough season at the mic for Dan Mullen in general. You had well, the it, fight. Yeah. You I had mean, the uh, the pumping up the crowd. You had the fill the swamp after, you know, blaming the crowd at the A&M loss. You had this a rough season for, well, the for Missouri him at the mic, thing, even think, though it was a good season on the field. I think he did okay with the Missouri thing, and I, that actually probably endeared him to his fans a little bit. It the, did. The A&M thing did not, and the LSU thing certainly did not. And the Oklahoma thing absolutely did not. It's okay every once in a while just say, you know what, we got beat today. Mm-hmm. And then look, I don't want to be the person who tells the, the coach who says and does interesting things to stop saying and doing interesting things. 
But you can say and do the interesting things at, at other times. They don't always have to be only after a loss. That that's yeah. That's the thing. You don't have to only be interesting after a loss. And every once in a while, you can just say they played better today, and and it's okay. Yeah, I did like the Darth Vader. Props to that. I did too. I <laughs> I thought the Missouri thing was fine. Like everybody was killing for the Missouri thing. I was like, no, 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 no. This is exactly what his people want. This is they love this. They're eating this up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, lead-in to the uh, national championship. Uh, I think, you know, it's been quite a season, and it's narrowing, you know, narrowing down. We got one game left, and we will be here all week um, talking SEC football. Turns out, Andy, even when there's not games, there's still a lot going on across the conference. There may be I don't know more if you've heard going on now. You've seen this, yeah, um, but. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in again. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. If you do, leave us a rating, a review. Uh, all those things help the show. And if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, you can change that at theathletic.com slash grits. For Andy Staples, I'm David Ubbin. Thanks again. You can come back tomorrow and hear Aaron Suttles talking tide, answering your questions. All that will be here all week. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow.